This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. Welcome to the Dow of Inbound. I'm Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web, and today a guest that specializes in social media marketing strategies for multiple verticals, based in Philadelphia, um, has a background using it not just for businesses, but also in recruiting. And what I think is most interesting is our guest today likes to eat craft beer with a spoon. Uh, <laughs> Marty McDonald, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> thanks that was great i actually picked that up yeah i try and stay away from the spoon it gets a little embarrassing at times but hey you know why not you want to be a little different right yeah exactly <laughs> you, you got to be a lot different these days there's so much noise out there that's uh, true um so speaking of being different i'm going to ask you a question your your agency's bad rhino correct Where, where's the name from that's exactly why we named it bad rhino um and it's a question we get all the time so I always preface this with one little thing um, and saying that we've had many people approach us and say, you should change your story. Um, and I like our story and how the name came about. So about um, five years ago, um, just over five years ago now, my partner came into my office and we were working at a different company together. And he came in and he had been working in social media and marketing and a handful of other things. Um, at the time. And he's like, you know, I'm not really feeling a job anymore. I think I need to go out on my own. And uh, he's like, I got this idea. And he basically laid out this whole idea. And at the time, social media marketing was just coming in for businesses being a something they needed to focus on. And I said, Rich, I don't have a lot of time, a lot of projects going on. I was traveling a lot. I said, but I like this. I like the idea. I like where you're going with it. And uh, I said, if you come up with a cool name, I said, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And basically, I thought it'd take Rich about two weeks. He's very good creatively, and he's very methodical. So I figured Rich would come in and present his case for a name with, like, you know, a chart, a graph, whatever. And he came in my, back in my office in 45 minutes, shut the door, erased my whiteboard, <laughs> wrote 12 names on the board. And two of them, Bad Rhino and Moosehorn, I don't remember the other 10, and we went with Bad Rhino, and off to the races we went. And that's how the name came about, and we kept it. And it's worked out really well just because of every interview, every presentation, um, just about every phone call. People start off, and it's a great starting point. Where did the name come from? Very cool. I love it. And that's a great story. And, and yeah, people, you shouldn't change your story, right? No, and I agree. And it's your story. Own it. Get better at telling it. Get better at putting it in the context. I'm not saying that you're bad at it. I'm just saying uh, it, it's in storytelling. You can always improve. We can always improve how we tell our stories, and it's always about context and 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 putting in there. So I love it. That's really cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got into social media. Sure. So <clears throat> back in 2002, 2003, I started basically. I would say playing around online. Um, LinkedIn had just kind of come about and I was a headhunter and LinkedIn was invaluable for me. And I just picked up and I started utilizing it and advertising it and 
or advertising on it the best way you could. And it was a lot of this organic and just creating all these connections. I'm like, this is really cool. And it led me into, you know, nights and weekends learning about Google AdWords, learning about the basics of internet marketing and marketing in general. And I started just playing around with it. And that's how I started 13 years ago was at night and on the weekends learning these things to help me better in my day job. And then what happened was I had a little coaching business on the side for professionals. They were either in career changes or they need a resume written or they need interview coaching. And I started advertising that just via the internet. And it slowly built up into this small little consulting practice on the side. And then I started playing around with affiliate offers and the infancy of certain things um, back then. Mm -hmm. And I just got entrenched in it. And then all of a sudden, I had a accountant call me and he's like, hey, you know, a friend of mine said that you're the person to kind of go to to set up these autoresponders and email things. And we're trying to do a newsletter. And I started working with small businesses like that. Just on the side, I was having fun. I mean, it was cool. And especially back then, it was so new, so foreign to even have any of these things that people were just trying to get caught up. They're like, yeah, I used to just have this Excel spreadsheet that had all my you know, emails or I had them all in Outlook or even Yahoo and things like that and started putting those things together. And then over that time, it just morphed into more and more. I started working with a lot of small businesses and what you would classify as startups Um, giving them marketing strategies based on all the online stuff. And basically the time came where it was like, huh, do you want to do this for a living or do you want to do something else? And obviously I chose this and that's when Bad Rhino was born formally. Um, And off we went. Awesome. That's a long time in this this business to be going. I mean, essentially fourteen years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, it's like a dinosaur when I talk about some of the old <laughs> stuff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and the websites back then were, you know, it definitely wasn't like today. You know, you could have a website up in a, in a day. You know, back then it would take you a few days and a lot of other people to help you out. <laughs> yep. And it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> nope uh so how did you uh, you know uh, bad rhino focuses on social media yes there's a lot of social media marketing companies out there you know uh but i mean based on everything that you said and this incredible amount of experience i feel like you probably have some secret sauce in there um <laughs> you know and, and a bigger philosophy what is your philosophy on social media and strategy because strategy is the most important part of it man you're speaking my language and first off that's a great question that i think many like any of your audience you know listen right here what he just asked for anybody it doesn't matter what business you're in what niche you're in this is what i find is the key to everything um and it's a great question and it is a philosophy so yes bad rhino is focused on social media uh, we have partners that do SEO, partners that do websites, you name it. We have people that can work on it. <clears throat> but the biggest thing is is the philosophy. And social media is not the end-all, be-all. I don't kid myself about that, nor should anybody else. If you're only leveraging one marketing strategy, it, you're you're playing with fire because you might wake up one day, and I'm a big fan of direct mail, but your direct mail campaign might might fizzle out at some point. Um, you might you know change something up and you know it doesn't work, or that you know industry changes and your message changes, and 
you have to have a couple of different things. And what I've always talked about, whether it's a large business that we're working with or a small business, social media should be the glue that ties this all together. It's social first and foremost, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, it's social. You have to commute, commute, sorry, you have to communicate to your audience. This is a channel to have those conversations. If you constantly sell on it, you're going to run into problems over time. Now, I'm not saying you don't run, you know, Facebook ads to sell your products. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Um, But ultimately, you have to treat it as the glue between all your other pieces of marketing. Um, Some folks, when we talk to them, they're like, well, I just want to be online. And that's perfectly (laughs) fine. And I'm told that's that's awesome. But you better have an email campaign. You better have, um, you know, other methods to talk to people, whether it's audio or video. And you have to be able to leverage those through those channels, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, Um, you have to have a plan to do so. And that's really our philosophy is make sure you have a strategy. You're not just throwing stuff against the wall and don't rely on one marketing platform or one marketing methodology. Yes. Yes. And, and I mean, you can't rely on one because it's going to go away. (laughs) It's going to change. It's going to, you know, the, the heyday of Google AdWords. I mean, the stuff that that's where I really cut my teeth and it was fun because there's no rules, <laughs> you know, it yeah. was like the wild, wild west. But then when they turned that off, a lot of people got, got, you know, like they call it the slap, but they literally got smacked in the face. And that didn't just impact internet marketers that impacted doctors, lawyers, dentists, mm-hmm. um, everything. And, you know, the ones that survived were the ones that could adapt. And Facebook goes through multiple changes, what feels like every two, three weeks, even if they're subtle that you don't notice, um, unless you're running a lot of traffic like we do. Um, we notice every little change, um, but they, they're changing and they're, they're tweaking that same thing with Twitter, same thing with all the channels. And you have to be on top of it. Yeah. Instagrams. Uh, yeah. They just changed this week. Yeah. The algorithm's changing and. And, and, and it, you know, it, it's, it, I think you made a good big point. Not only you have to stay on top of it, but you can't complain about it. You know, right. you, you can't be like, oh, no, my business is gone. You, you have to be it's something we, we talk about all the time, looking around the corner. You yeah. got to be going, hey, what's coming next? And if you don't want to be in this, well, then stop having a business, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so true. Uh, how do you look around the corner for your clients? How do you see what's coming next and adapt to it? Yeah, that's another great question. And, you know, you, you want to be, I think cutting edge is the, 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 not the right word, right? Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is looking around the corner and going, all right, let's see what's coming down. What, what could happen? What might be? Um, but you don't want to get caught up in that either. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, my God, if they change this, our business goes down the toilet. Um, like you said you know, earlier, it's like, do you need to be in that business, right? Yeah. So when you look around the corner, it's not getting caught up with the shiny new things, you know. Um, and I've seen it so many times so far, and especially over the oh. long haul that I've been in this. Yep. Um, like, I'll give you the most recent example. I see everybody running around with their hair on fire about Snapchat. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's like, oh, my God, Snapchat. You know, oh, my God, Snapchat. I, I've got to be on Snapchat. I've got to be on Snapchat. Snapchat. Why, not, why are we not doing this? Now, I'm not – by no means am I um, – knocking it because i think it's going to be a big force um but it's not ready quite ready for prime time as we're talking at this moment mm-hmm. and 
I see people get caught up into it. I've had clients come back to me and I go, great, let me just ask you a quick question. How would you monetize it? And they just kind of, you know, they're like, I don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, there's, unless you have a big audience right now, it's not where you want to spend most of your time. Yep. Do you want to have uh, an account? Absolutely. Do you want to have something that's on there that's branded to you? Absolutely. Do you want to maybe do one or two a week to just test it out? Absolutely. Should it be in your overall strategy? No. Um, because it's hard, you can't track it um, quite yet. They'll be putting some things in there. And they're giving a lot of time and promotion to the bigger brands. Yep. These things want to make money. So Snapchat's going to cater to the the larger brands that are adopting it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Facebook did that early on. Everybody does that. Um, it's just a model. So when I look around the corner, you know, it's guiding people to make sure that they don't spin their wheels, whether they're a solopreneur or they're a larger business. We want to make sure that they're not spinning their wheels in places that they, they're wasting time. And that's the best thing that I think in looking into the future that you can guide somebody to. So my philosophy is we'll look around the corner and we're going to tell you these things are coming and we should be prepared for them, but here's how far they're out, you know, and that might change, you know, Snapchat might make an announcement that they changed their algorithm. You can now advertise on there and here's everything that's really easy. And then they added um, a desktop component that you can get in there and easily manage it. And then it's linked to Facebook, you know, you know, something crazy like that where Instagram, once they really started to, to push it, you notice like you can advertise and you can just go right through your Facebook um, yeah. ads manager, which is huge, huge because it's hard for somebody to manage a lot of that on their phone. <laughs> yep. um, and there's other tools out there and I'm kind of simplifying things, but looking around the corner where people don't waste their time is the bottom line. And I think that's a critical, critical thing because there's so many things you could do. And having someone like yourself saying, no, don't do that, and smacking someone on the hand is super important because bad marketers are going to say, do everything. Good exactly. marketers are going to say, okay, yeah, let's 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 do that. I, I see Gary Vee's all about Snapchat. Let's do it. Great marketers are going to say, no, it's not right now. Yep. And I think that's, that's a big differentiation. And I'm glad you said that too because I had that on my list of questions of what you felt about Snapchat because I feel the same way. I see... You know, I, I came, I, I went to traffic and conversion. Everyone saw Gary V talk. And so all the marketers there are now on Snapchat. And I mean, I'm playing around with it, but they're all, I mean, I see guys spending a lot of time there. And I'm like, well, why? You don't have an audience and you're seeing stuff I don't really care about. Um, it, it, you're wasting your time. Um, yep. And that's so important these days because we, we, we have no time left. <laughs> exactly. I mean, not that it, there were ever more hours in the day, but now it just you, you have to be super, super selective. Yeah. Can I add just one thing to that? Of course. Um, you know, I had a client come to me um, about two weeks ago and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to jump online, ready to do all that, all this. And, you know, and, and my buddy told me to talk to you guys. And um, it was a friend of a friend. So I started talking to him and I said, well, what do you do now for marketing? And he's like, oh, I got this great thing. I've been doing it for 20 years. And it's basically an advertisement in a exclusive magazine and then a follow-up postcard campaign. Mm-hmm. And I said, how does that work for you? And he's like, it works great. And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, tell me all the numbers. And he's showing me everything. And I go to him, why do you want to be online? And he's like, well, I think it's time. I said, I don't disagree with you there. I said, but you're coming to me to do what? 
And he's like, well, I want to get more sales. And I'm like, why don't you increase the campaign with the postcards? <laughs> and he is like, and he just looked at me and I said, cause I'm like, here's what it's going to cost for us. And I said, why don't you just take a little bit of that? We create an online presence, but then you just go like crazy with the postcards and expand that. And he just looked at me and he goes, that's not the answer I thought. He's like, but you're right on. And I think people get caught up with the Snapchats and everything else when they just ignore the stuff that's already working. Yep. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's like, what's working in your business? If nothing's working in your business, yeah, let's create a strategy. But it, that's, I think that's the best strategy is like you find, and that's what we do. And that's what I do every time. It's like, what's working right now? Yep. What's working right now? Let's amplify it. Like you said, make the social media the glue in it. Yeah, maybe maybe you do throw a Snapchat thing on the postcard and say, hey, something or another. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. That's great. That, and that's a fantastic point. Do more of what's working. Um, so when it comes to you deciding what how do you stay on top of it personally and balance your time because it's I, that's one thing i find i was like yeah let's test it let's do it but i'm always like okay i've got to see what's going on and yeah. and i get absorbed in it and i want to test and do testing yeah yeah so and that's the struggle um because <clears throat> like you said um early on you know you love to learn i love to learn too i think every marketer that i've ever met that was good um loves to learn um, we, we're fascinated by new things, what, what can work. And especially today with technology, um, you can get lost in it. But it's also enjoyable for us, right? Yep. So what I do to stay on top of it is I'm always reading like one marketing book. Um, and by reading it, I may not read the whole thing. Like if I know something, I'll skip the section. Like I'll just be flipping through it. And I have one going almost at all times. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. And that could be philosophy. Um, from 50 years ago, it could be copywriting. It could be, you know, an older email, you know, book, like one of the first ones. There's a lot of good things in there that people forget that you yes. have to remind yourself, right? Love that. So that's number one. Um, number two, you had mentioned traffic and conversion. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Dice and Digital Marketer and all that. And, um, you know, I try to attend. Actually, I don't try. I actually make it a point. It's on my schedule to watch something, whether it's a replay of something or a live webinar once a week. Um, and some of that's just all direct response. It's not entirely focused on social media, but there's a lot in there that is related. You know, mm -hmm. We do a lot of things that tie things together. So I have to know what Google AdWords might be doing, or I have to know what some of these other things are going on that tie back to social media. So that's number two. And number three... It's I make it a point to go outside of, I would say, guru land <laughs> yeah. um, and go to um, corporate publications. And some of them, you know, I've, I told this to one of my friends. I'm not going to mention his name because you might know of him or somebody might know of him. But he's like, why do you read that? And I go, I go, here's the reason why. I said, when you show up, and we have a lot of larger clients, I said, when you show up to a place and you talk about cutting edge stuff or you do spin it just a touch to kind of get them a little amped up, they look at you like you have eight heads because what they're reading is stuff that is published in certain magazines that are really for the corporate world or corporate marketing. Um, and there's, there's a lot of good information in there, to be honest, but it's focused on more enterprise level. Mm -hmm. And it's important... Um, and if you're not in that, I would even suggest every once in a while taking a look at, and you can just go right through LinkedIn 
just follow a bunch of corporate people on LinkedIn. Um, you, just, you don't have to, you know, LinkedIn with them. Just follow them and see what they're reading. It'll take you right to some of those pieces, and I, I, I focus on those because they are usually not right at right cutting edge right at that minute. They're usually about six weeks behind, but it gives you kind of a full picture of what some of these larger companies are investing in. And let's not kid ourselves, you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these social media channels are big companies that are on wall street. So their strategies often tie into that. So those are the three things that I do um, to stay on top, have a book going, attend webinars, usually through digital marketer, but also a handful of other things that we belong to. And then uh, read some of these giant corporate publications. That's I love that. I mean, all that stuff is great. That corporate publication, I think, is critical. Um, it, you know, if you're, you're if you're in multiple industries, you know, yeah. if someone is only marketing in one vertical, they're probably well in depth in that vertical. But I think even cross section, I love that because I I try and go across and not just stay focused on what I do, but learn something everywhere. Like I do SEO, I pay attention to Black Hat SEO. I'm not doing Ooh. it. But you should know what they're doing. You have to. Um, I mean, and you know, pay attention to what people that you. That's how I got into like the Ryan Dice world and all that. Is because I'm like, well, if these guys are, you know, kind of scamming the system, mm-hmm. you, you're gonna pick some straight up things that you can do there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but the 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 enterprise level thing is fantastic because yeah. there's so so many of these guys that want to get in with B two B, but they're not paying attention to the story of the person that that matters to them. Exactly. And it's like, um, the B2B stuff, um, you know, you take company, giant company X, whatever it is, not to name names on these things. And it's like, Oh, they're doing a brand new $45 billion campaign. Well, you know, I'm, I don't have clients that are doing $45 million campaigns, but you think you could learn something from whatever they're doing, you know, and they follow it. And there's a case study in there about how they're starting it and, and working through it. And some of the things they uncover, and it's pretty cool. It's really cool. It is really cool, and it also helps you um, to put your stuff in the context of what's important, like you were saying to them. And that, and that's the only thing that matters to someone like that is what's important to them. Exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, besides doing social media um, and all that stuff. Uh, what else, what other stuff do you like to do? <laughs> Cause I, I, you know, here's the thing. I, we, I just talked to Gary V. We, we had a little like round table thing at this last event. And I mean, it basically sounds like he does nothing else. Um, I, I went for like six or seven weeks without a day off. And then I yeah. stopped and my wife's like, well, what do you want to do today? And I'm like, I literally cannot stop working. I, I'm, mm-hmm. my brain can't shift off. How, yep. how, how, what, what do you do? How do you handle it? Uh, it's so so funny that you say that because I was just uh, going back and forth and I was looking at my calendar and I haven't um, so today is we'll we'll just say the date we're recording this here is March 18th and um, I didn't have like really more than one day off since the beginning of the year and a hundred percent off like wasn't like I was working a hundred you know hundred miles an hour every day yeah um, but like after this interview is that's what I'm doing is going to go watch some basketball have a couple beers with some buddies. And um, just hang out and not do anything. Um, and it's interesting you say it. You know, I used to, I guess in a, you know, in prior reiterations of me, um, I used to be ashamed that I like to work. 
mm-hmm. that's honest. Like I'd be like, oh, you know, someone would be like, oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, hey, I want to watch this webinar, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but that's fantastic. Right. It's not and really work, is it? It's hustle. No, it's never work. And that's like, there's times where you have to step away. Like, don't get me wrong. And, um, but you know, when you're saying that, like with Gary Vee and I'll answer your question in a second, but it's just an interesting philosophy. And I think there's a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that are like, yeah, but I, this is what I like to do. You know, this is, this is fun for me, you know? And I think sometimes in society, um, everyone likes to reward that. Oh, they're a hard worker. Um, but then they're like, oh, but he doesn't have time for, you know, other things. It's not necessarily true. They just label it like that because they see success, you know, and things like that. But that's besides the point. We could get off on a tangent in there. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like to do is, um, you know, take those breaks. Um, I love to play golf. Um, that's probably one place where I just when I hang out, like I'm there, I just forget where I'm at. Like there's nice. nothing else going on than playing golf. And for me, that's probably the one area um, – when I go out on the course, I don't think about anything else. I really don't like, um, I might check my phone while I'm there, but I, even if something comes in, I don't get upset. I don't like, I'm just like, ah, all right, I'll deal with that later. So that's like my place where I go. And, uh, being in the Northeast, you know, we're just starting to warm up up here. Um, so I schedule that into my week. Um, normally I'll take, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I don't have to fight the crowds and you know, play Saturday and Sunday when everybody else is playing. Mm-hmm. I can go, you know, whatever day is open and fits into my schedule. And that's what I do. I'll play in the afternoon or I'll play in the morning. Um, sometimes I'll play two or three times a week when I get the opportunity to, um, and then, you know, go from there. The other thing that I like to do and I really incorporate it into is reading for pleasure. Um, you know, I don't watch too much TV anymore. If I do, I'm like binging it like everybody else nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. You like watch like six, seven hours and then you then <laughs> you'll pick it up in you know a couple of weeks. But um reading for pleasure, just taking biographies, learning about other people in their lives, um, you know, definitely kinda makes me unwind. But back to the original thing, I don't think there's anything wrong with working as long as you're taking care of responsibilities in your family. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I have the problem of not being present. Yeah. And so I'll go, like you say, you go on the golf course. I, I was thinking about it, like last time I was on the golf course, I'm like working through all the marketing strategies in my head. And I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, let me check this out. Let me look at this. And I'm because I want to know. I want to know what's mm-hmm. going on right now and how to fix it and how to do it. And, you know, and, and it's, it's, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and yeah. thinking about, oh, that, that problem solved. Um, <clears throat> which I, I'm trying to figure out a way to bill clients for that. <laughs> they're yeah. like they're like oh you build us for this and this i'm like yeah i didn't bill you at four o'clock in the morning when i got up and i was writing down ideas <laughs> yep. uh, oh it's funny um you know i think everybody that's an entrepreneur in one way shape or form has the 4 a.m like wake up calls sometimes they're in a panic for some reason sometimes they're in this enlightening mode where you can't turn your brain off. You know, I've had days like that where it's been like 36, 48 hours where I'm just, you know, I'll take a short nap, so to speak, but I I can work. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm done, it's like, I can't work at all. Um, and I think it's important to understand how you work best. And it takes a long time. Sometimes, um, I talk to people, um, I just played golf (laughs) when it was a warm day up here, um, back in February 
play golf and an 85 year old gentleman and I were talking and he owned multiple businesses and he actually still is active in many of them. And I asked him, I'm like, I'm, just, I'm like, Phil, I'm like, when does the, the 4am just wake up and shoot out of bed thing stop? He's like, it never will. He's like, it will when you die. <laughs> that was his comment. <laughs> and, um, it was funny to hear, but it was also like, he's just basically saying it's normal. Just, you know, embrace it. He's like, you're doing things that you like. Your brain will wake you up when it figures out something. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Oh, really cool. I love that because I, I would, that's one of those things I'd like to do is look to people that age and go, okay, what's important to you now? And, mm-hmm. and really try and get advice from them because yeah. it, it, it allows you to figure out what's important. Um, and, and so speaking of what's important, um, what, what, what's your big vision? What's your big goal? What, what are you doing? Are you trying to do anything to change the world with social media? Uh, what's it all about for you? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So <clears throat> when we designed the company and, and kind of put together a business plan, number one um, was obviously doing a good job and treating people right. Number two um, was educating where we could. <clears throat> so, um, unfortunately in this, in the online world, there's good people and bad people just like everywhere else in the world. Um, I've, I've, a lot of them prey on small business owners that don't know any better. Mm. So that was the, the, the one tenant that we put in there was like, wherever we get a chance, we're going to go speak. We're going to do as much pro bono in a group at chambers of commerce and things like that to tell them, you know, this is what this costs and this is what this is. And that's been a lot of goodwill. And I really want to change some of the perceptions that comes into what was online eight, nine years ago to where it is now in 2016, because a lot has changed obviously. Yes. But you still have people that are disenchanted from that. So that was one of the things that we always wanted to leave a mark in. They may not hire us. They may not be able to afford us. They may never work with us, but as long as we educate them through there, you know, we feel like we at least did the first part of what we're all about. Another thing is, is nonprofits. We do a lot of work with nonprofits. Um, um, they obviously they're clients, but we also do kind of go over and above and beyond mm-hmm. for them to, to make sure that their message out there. Cause I think social media is a great, great way to market, um, Nonprofit it doesn't matter what it is. I think it's a great way to get people talking about the cause. Mm-hmm. Then outside of that, as we move into a more mature organization, we've been kicking around quite a few different ideas. We give a lot to charities that we feel locally um, will work out really well, but also nationally. And looking at those things, we haven't really decided on the one big thing yet. Um, but we figure if we keep doing all these little things, the big thing will pop up for us of mm-hmm. what we want to do. We talked about adopting rhinos and saving rhinos and things like that. That's really cool. Yeah, I just, sometimes yeah. those things are a little bit harder to do <laughs> than you realize. <laughs> oh, man. I just saw a thing on the BBC about the rhinos, and it, 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 it's like a heart-wrenching. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. But that's cool. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it because one of the things I, I you know with this podcast i really want to get to small businesses and, and also like nonprofits. is if you want to do anything in the world mark you have to know marketing at some yep. shape or form because we talked about before i mean jesus was a marketer absolutely <laughs> you know he was like the first network marketer. he's like okay let me get, <laughs> let me go get 12 guys to go spread the message and uh <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
and uh, it, it's it, you know everyone is, and and people get this bad idea about it. But there's a lot of good that can be done with it. Um, I mean, all the good, the major good is going to be done with it. And I'm glad to hear you guys are doing that. Uh, what what nonprofits you guys help? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> we do um, one of our bigger ones is Simon's Fund, um, and we work with them. <clears throat> They've been with us now for uh, almost two years, and um, we've been working with them. And what they do is their early detection for heart problems in kids. Oh. So they want to get out there and. It's a simple test that you can do to find out if you have this issue. Um, unfortunately, you see it you know, quite regularly, just probably more because there's so many more media outlets nowadays. But you see it where like a, a young young child dies suddenly like on a soccer field or football field, and it was an undetected heart issue. So we work with them. We also have Unite for Her, which is a breast cancer wellness awareness, which is what I think is unique about it is we're not just wearing pink ribbons and telling everybody to be aware of it. We're talking about the wellness piece. So if somebody is diagnosed, how they can put nutrition and exercise into those things to help them not only defeat the disease, but then also when they get out of it, that they can maintain good health and things like that. So those have been two of the big ones. Another one is Johnny's Rainbow Foundation that works with um, autistic um, foundations and things like that. And they give out rainbow grants. <clears throat> so they're not looking for cures or things like that. They're making sure families can stay together because it's, it's tough if you have uh, a special needs child, you know, and then if you have another, you know, siblings, they feel a little left out or other things. And it's hard, you know, to, you know, one child has a ton of needs and parents are spending a lot of time and they don't get to do things with their families as much as, they would like. So we have rainbow grants to help them out in different situations, even if it's going on trips or, or things like that. So we've done a lot, but those are the main ones. Awesome. Marty doing some great stuff. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. This has been, this is a lot of fun talking to you, uh, talking about your business and on social media. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Uh, um, so I just have a few more questions I ask people. You talked about the book you're reading right now. What what do you feel is the most influential book or the book that the most recent book that's influenced you the most? Sure. Um, the most influential one, well, there's two. And then I'll tell you what I'm reading now. The most influential two were Atlas Shrugged and then Think and Grow Rich. <clears throat> Those two just Classics. change philosophies in my head and thought like you don't have to agree with everything in a book like atlas shrug or nor should it be held like gospel like some people do um (laughs) (laughs) but um it can make you think on a different level and think about individual responsibility to yourself and to others and i think that was um eye-opening in that story think and grow rich basically from that standpoint was one of those books I think everybody reads or everybody should read. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's like, um, you know, a piece that you can kind of put together with other things in your life. And it's just like, Oh, okay. You know, it is, I got to do this. And if I put the work in, we can kind of get there, but you need to have some sort of other philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing, <clears throat> and I just, um, I talk about this book all the time and I'm just rereading it now, but it's marketing lessons from the grateful dead. Oh, cool. So, I'm a big uh, I'm a big deadhead. I go to a lot of concerts. It's another thing I do to unwind. But um, you know, it's just they're like almost like the original social media marketers. They have great content. They gave it away. 
they got people to their other events yep. <clears throat> and then they continued the process and then they got them to buy in more, created a, a strong community and a following. And they never had to worry about, you know, not selling out or not doing this. And they did it on their own terms. And it's, to me, it mirrors um, a lot of what social media is today um, and how companies should market and create their, you know, their tribe and create who they need to communicate with and constantly work with them and give them what they want, you know, and Grateful Dead have a, that philosophy where, you know, you may not like everything, but we're going to try and give you as much as humanly possible. Um, all while making a lot of money as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I, I just watched Bob Weir, that documentary and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. I watched that too. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really good. It's on Netflix. If you, any of you guys haven't seen it yet. Um, phenomenal and i i mean i liked the dead beforehand but mm -hmm. after that I, I just had a whole new level of respect and it's cool I, I can't wait to read that marketing book um awesome awesome and so what quote is, is your what's your favorite quote oh what's my favorite quote you know <clears throat> this is a question it's funny I, I should probably write some of them down um my favorite quote um would be nobody that anybody knows but me uh it's from my grandfather and uh, he actually, I was about 22, somewhere in there, and he just kind of poked me in the chest, and he goes, you're too soft, right? <laughs> this is a guy, World War II, depression, you know, that's yeah. when he grew up, right? And I go back to that quote when I come up against a challenge, and he didn't mean it. You know, I was actually working as a laborer, but I was complaining about something trivial, and he poked me. I can still feel it if I close my eyes. He poked me right in the chest and said, you're too soft. And I think about that, and that's a quote that I, I just go, you know what, you're too soft. And it's not meant to harden me or, or meant to just drive through. It's to make me stop and think that there's a lot of other people that are going through much harder stuff than me trying to figure out what the profit and loss statement is, and I get frustrated or, <laughs> you know, a car problem or, you know, something silly. And that's a quote that I, that I kind of hold on to. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. I, uh that's it, it's so important because we like to complain and and mm -hmm. you know and there's a lot of reasons behind it because we're looking for solutions so um and we're, we're problem solvers as marketers but it's one of those things that you have to work on and i was gonna ask you what mindset you're working on it is i'm assuming that's the mindset that you're constantly working on or yeah i think that, you know mindset i did a lot of mindset stuff um like 10 eight, 10 years ago. And it's, it's always a continual process. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, um, I don't know whether this is good advice or bad advice. It's just where I, I felt about it after doing quite a bit. And, you know, I've walked on glass, I've done, you know, a lot of those fun little things too, to kind of stretch your mind. But I think it's, um, every once in a while you need to take a step back from studying it because you get wrapped into it and you don't, you don't necessarily do the things you need to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now I would, I'm in like one of those lulls where I'm waiting for like the next thing that, um, you know, will kind of grab me to kind of go do something for mindset. But the one thing I try and do every day is make a list of the things to do. And then a thing that, you know, makes me happy. So like, you know, it can just be thinking about something, but taking like five minutes even, and just being like, all right, I'm grateful for this, or you know what? It's really nice that I have a, a new car. You know, it's really nice that I can go out and I can go get a nice meal. And that type of mindset to me um, is more important than anything. 
um, is just being able to be present for that five minutes. Because like you said earlier, sometimes it's hard for us to be present. And I put that on my to-do list. Give me five minutes to just be in a state where I'm just recognizing all these things. And that's the most mindset training I'm doing currently. But that's big. That's huge mindset training because it's, it, it's the little things. Yep. It is. And, and, and um, it, it, so you are doing it. It's just not massive. Not, right. Not, not your classic massive stuff, which I think also comes back to golf. And, um, you know, you, you can't be on the course playing with your swing. Exactly. <laughs> got to commit to it at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got you got to get out there and do it. And then you leave and you're like, okay, this is the stuff I could have changed. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that's great. Marty, thanks so much for being on um, badrhinoinc.com is yeah. your website. Yeah. Um, and I know you have some some stuff coming out in a few weeks. And if you want to come back on and, and talk about it, please, please do. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I have um, um, was combining the golf and uh, mindset stuff and doing a little event. Uh, looks like in the fall, I'm just uh, waiting on some things. But I'd love to come back on. It's a great interview. You do a great job. Thank you. Um, I hope your audience gets some value out of it. And, yeah, badrhinoinc.com is the website. Um, if you want to reach out to me, I tell everybody to do an interview. If you want to reach out to me directly, my email is marty at badrhinoinc.com. Um, love to hear from you. Awesome. Marty, thanks a lot. And thanks to everyone for listening and taking Marty on, on your journey. This is Ian Garley. Ciao.